Hello, good evening everybody. Welcome to our midweek service. Now is the time we get to put God first in our finances, so if the ushers would kindly prepare. We as human beings, we have a tendency or a propensity to fall into a routine. A routine, someplace safe, someplace common, someplace comfortable. I can prove it to you, okay? I can prove it to you. Look at where you guys are sitting. You guys are sitting same place as last week Wednesday and same place as Sunday. Look at where you guys went park, same place. And if somebody take you guys parking, you guys flip out. You guys trip out. You see, we all like routines because it's safe. When I was a kid growing up, my parents would just pound this routine in me and my sister. We'd have to say grace before every single meal. Every single meal, we'd say, God is grace, God is good, let us thank you for this food, amen. God is grace, God is good, let us thank you for this food, amen. So, it became such a routine for me that even when, in, when I was in school eating lunch, I couldn't eat unless I said my grace. But because I was a kid, I was ashamed to pray in front of my friends. So I, I would drink my milk, i say, God is grace, God is good, let us thank you for his food. Or i drop a napkin, God is grace, God is good, let us thank you for his food. And I would do that just so that I could eat because it was such a routine. In fact, sometimes when I was growing up, I wanted to break that routine. So, sitting across my habutero, grouchy-faced sister, every single morning lunch and dinner for 18 years, I would say, God is, God is grace. No, God is good. God is grace. Please fix my sister's grouchy face. Amen. <laughs> Shannon, if you're watching that, that's for you. <laughs> Anyway, <coughs> routines are good, okay? Nothing wrong with it unless the Holy Spirit and God is telling you to step out in faith and do something new. Perhaps some of you right now in this Christmas season, the Holy Spirit is telling you to uh, step out and express a random act of kindness to a stranger. Or maybe for some of us here, uh, some of us fathers, some of us husbands, we need to step it up as, as the men uh, of the spiritual head of the household. Some of us here um, might need to be stepping out in faith uh, to serve in ministry. Whatever it may be, okay, whatever it may be, trust and obey God. Because there is nothing routine about our God. Father God, in Jesus' name. We thank you so much, Lord God, for your extraordinary love for us. There is nothing routine about you creating this beautiful world. There is nothing routine about you coming down from heaven to earth as a little baby in a manger in Bethlehem. There is nothing routine about you hanging on the cross to die for our sins. We praise you. We love you. Lord God, open up our hearts this evening as we connect with you. May your spirit connect with ours. As we open up our hearts and receive your word, may it change us from the inside out. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please welcome Bert Nahe and our Hula Ministry.
Thank you so much, Bert, our Hula sisters. Can we say thank you once again? And bringing in that, that spirit of, of Christmas. You know, think about Christmas and, and all that we have to get done and the limited amount of time that we have. It's almost like we need more time. In fact, there were some, when I was coming over, uh, driving in, I saw a whole line of cars just packed on the highway. So I, I'm sure you may have heard that um, there was an accident, and I'm not sure what the extent of that accident is, but we pray that all is well and, you know, people are safe and even people that are stuck in traffic right now that, you know, everyone gets home safely and no one <laughs> gets nuts that because it's, it is like gridlock and we pray that our loved ones are okay also. But even during Christmas, I mean, just think about it, our, our Christmas season alone is already hectic and add to that if there's an accident or, or something out of the ordinary takes place, it kind of disconnects us from one, from one another. It, it even causes us to uh, stress out a little bit more and it's almost like we don't need any more stress in the season that we're in. We don't need any more stress uh, regardless of what season it's in. And what God is going to do is help us to understand the simplicity of coming back to what is most important and what is valuable. And we're in a series called One Person Matters. Because when we think of this season, when you go shopping, there are hundreds of people everywhere, and everyone needs to get in and get out as quickly as possible because we have limited amounts of time. But even though we may be busy, we can forget about individual people. That we may have a smile on our face, we may look like we have it all together, but really on the inside we're dying, we're full of, of, of uh, depression or, or we're, we're afraid or we have fears. And maybe there are some things that we need to settle with God or some things that are bothering us and we just don't know how to do it. And we may feel like, even in church, that we get lost in the crowd, that we don't matter because there are so many other people around us. But I want to let you know that you matter to God and each of us is not lost in a crowd nor are we lost in the world when God looks upon us. He's, a, he's an individual relational God. He doesn't just blanket the whole entire world and, say, and says, have a relationship with me. He sent us Jesus Christ so that we could have a relationship through Christ with God as individuals. That you're not lost in the amount of people 
and the population of people in this world when it comes to your relationship with God. And because of that, because one person matters, we want to understand what that means when it comes to a season like this, that if one person matters, then how does that relate to us? How does, how does the birth of Jesus and what God did 2,000 years ago relate to us? How does it affect us today? And how does it affect myself, my family, the things that we go through? Well, we're going to take a look at some scripture, and uh, if you have the church app, you can take that out, or if you have your Bible, you can open that up. And I want to open up to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 59. And this is, it's kind of a weird scripture to open up to because, you know, this is Christmas, joy to the world, silent night. I don't know, what, what, uh, let us adore him. I was going to say jingle bells, but that's, I don't think that's a, a worship song. Uh, but, it's, but we sing it. We have all of these thoughts about Christmas and what Christmas is all about, and it should be, you know, that joyful time. And throughout the day, our joy and our, our uh, fears go up and down, and, and we're mixed with so many emotions. And the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, gives us a kind of a, almost like a low-grade depressional thought that I want to share with you guys tonight that we're going to start off with, and then we'll, we'll go from there. But I want to talk tonight about connecting and what that looks like. Isaiah chapter 59, verses 1 and 2 says this, and this is the first word. It says, listen, with an exclamation point. It says, listen, the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. So the reason why I say that scripture seems kind of heavy and, and almost depressing is because it tells us that our sins have cut us away from God but at the same time it says listen the Lord's arm is not too weak to save you nor is his ear too deaf to hear you call and I know we can become a people that's so focused on the negative or focused on what we do wrong that we forget about what God is doing right and the good things that he is doing you know we began this series with worship uh, the other week and we wanted to kick it off with worship and praying for this season because we know that without God and connecting with him the season would come and go and it would just seem like another season of celebrating Christmas and celebrating the birth of Jesus but we didn't want to miss the moments that God would bring to us as we connect with him and part of our our heart and our goal and our vision here at our church is to reach people far from God one relationship at a time what that means is as a believer I have an assignment that I have value, I have importance, and I, I have a purpose for living. And sometimes we ask God, what is my purpose? What is your will for me? And what am I supposed to do? And we think of it in the context of a career, which is okay. But at the same time, to slow down and remember that as believers, we have already been given an assignment and a purpose. And it has to do with connecting. See, God connected with us because our sins disconnected us from Him. And He did that through sending us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, in which we celebrate in this season. Jesus became the mediator between us and God. And once we get connected to God, He now gives us the responsibility of being His ambassador to help people connect to Him. So just as what God did for us through Jesus Christ, he now says, now it's your turn to do what I did for you. Now you go out there and start connecting people to me. 
And I'm going to give you opportunities to do that. And God will. And hopefully tonight God gives us new sets of eyes to see what we never would see unless we understand this word connecting. Because in the store, you're going to find that there are going to be some nice people and then there are going to be some rude people. And you're going to feel your blood boiling. You're going to want to, you know, say something back. You're going to want to retaliate. And you're almost going to feel justified. The other day, I'm driving home and I'm, I'm going to turn left into my roadway and I have the right-of-way. Now, cars are coming towards me and I'm going to turn left and cars can come out of there, but they have a stop sign. And this guy is like way past the stop line and I'm thinking I can still make it so I'm going to turn and here comes oncoming traffic but there's enough room as I'm turning this guy goes and I didn't have to slam my brakes because I was slowing down on the highway and I was going to turn but, but I beat my horn because he didn't even see me so I beat my horn he stopped and I, I, I turned over and instantly I looked and poor guy his face was like <gasps> panicking, panicking. And maybe older gentleman, maybe in his 70s. And, and he's just, <gasps> and as I'm passing, I'm like, are you, are you okay? He's like, <gasps> his face, like it was pale. It was already pale, but it was like paler. So from gray, it went to like mauve. So he changed colors, and then he's panicking, didn't know what to do. So he put it in reverse, and he's slowly backing off. And I was just making sure, I'm like, are you okay? His wife is in the seat, in the uh, passenger seat, like oblivious. <laughs> and she looks at him like, what are you doing? Like, why are you, dry, why are you reversing? And I'm thinking, we, we have opportunities to either snap at people and, you know, get back at people, or we can be gracious with people. We're going to have opportunities. We're going to have opportunities to be like that with one another. You know, right in this season, right now, the number one thing that's going to cause fights between uh, married couples and relationships and even families is the word communication. Say it with me. Communication. (laughs) Some of you are like, communication. We just fought about that today. In fact, we're fighting right now. Why are you going to bring that up? But it's the, communication is one of those words that we tend to forget is necessary in a relationship. And the same is true with God. Unless we are able to communicate with Him, there's a brokenness in our relationship. That's what Isaiah was talking about when he says, your sins have cut you off from God. You know, when I was growing up, we had this thing called the Walkman. The Walkman was like, it was like a phone with songs on it, but it wasn't, it wasn't. It was a tape deck with some batteries in it and a headphones and you plugged it into this huge thing and that that headphone jack used to get damaged once in a while you could like twist it and hold it and then it would connect and then the song would play and they would and you're like oh man so you get black tape and you tape it up so that it connected and then every now and then it would disconnect and then if you was like brilliant you would cut it and then solder it back together and then tape it again because we couldn't afford another headphones but that's how we did it and we used it like that over and over and we just kept cutting it reconnecting it because that's the only way we could listen to the thing there were no external speakers on this Walkman but the moment that wire was severed and cut didn't matter if you played the song or not. It didn't matter if it was playing. It didn't matter if you had brand new batteries. It didn't matter if you had the best tape in there, best songs in there. If it was disconnected from your headphones, you just could not listen to the songs. Didn't matter. 
Didn't matter how good the Walkman was. Didn't matter how expensive it was. You just could not hear what was happening, what was playing. That's what Isaiah is saying. He's saying there's some things that are happening in your life that may have severed you from hearing God. So no matter what good you do, no matter how well you try to do things, if you're cut off from God, you just can't hear Him. He's always speaking. He's always saying something. He's always loving us. But if we're severed from Him, then we're not going to hear what He has to say. So I want to give you two things tonight that will help us when we talk about this word connecting. And the first is this, and it's very simple. Connect with God. Just connect with Him. And there are different ways to do that, to connect with God. Because, and, and we're all different. Some of us actually connect, God, uh, connect with God in a setting like this. We come to what we call church, and we sit or stand and worship God, and we hear His voice. He speaks to us. I was just talking to a friend of mine, and he said he invited someone to church, and he said he never saw this person cry before. And, and it's a family member. He said, I never saw this person cry before. But as we're walking in, I just see this person tearing up. And so I'm thinking, oh, maybe, you know, they're getting emotional about something. So, and then during worship time, started crying and crying and crying. And so he turned to her and he said, hey, um, what, what is, you, you doing okay? And this person told him that they don't know what's happening, but they just, they just feel so loved. And I thought that person was able to connect with God. For some people, connecting with God is in a, a smaller group setting. It's, it's being with other people in a Bible study. Some people connect with God, uh, 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 bodyboarding and, and, and praying with Him and, and enjoying nature and enjoying His presence. Some people connect with God listening to worship music. Some people connect with God in solitude, reading devotions. We call it doing our devotions or reading the Bible and journaling. We connect with God. So there are various ways of connecting with God and, and when you find your way of connecting with God, it's amazing what happens to your relationship with God. But find how you connect with God. We even have resources at our uh, resource center that helps us connect with God, whether it's doing our devotions, reading the Bible, which is the number one way, because how do I know what God sounds like if I don't read what He already wrote? I gotta know what He sounds like. So being in His Word is our number one way of, of hearing His voice. In fact, that's one of our core values. Our first core value is daily devotions. Here at this church, it's, it's reading the Word of God so that we can know Him and that we get to know His voice. You know, when the shepherds were out in the fields in Luke chapter 2 and the angels appeared and said, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy uh, that will cause great joy for all people. And it was, they were talking about Jesus being born. They could visually see these angels. So they knew what was happening. They knew it wasn't just some type of, you know, uh, mechanical thing happening, some superficial thing or some special effect taking place. They knew that God was speaking through these angels. Now, we may not visibly see things like that, but God has given us His Word. And as we read His Word, we can understand who He is. But connect with God. Even if you feel from time to time you're disconnected from Him. Today, I FaceTimed Heidi. She was uh, helping, uh, she was working at my, uh, with my brother at his, at, his, at his business. And so I FaceTimed her, and I said, Hey, Heidi, how are you? She said, Okay. And so I'm talking with her, and she's not responding. And so I'm thinking, Oh, maybe a customer came in, and, you know, she had to help the customer. And 
I see her put the phone down and all I see is her hand writing on some paper. So I'm, I'm saying, oh, I'm sorry, you have a customer with you. But I don't hear anything. I don't hear anyone. And then she picks up the phone, looks at me, and then hangs up. I was like, what? Well, it's unlike Heidi. Usually she just hang up. She don't look. She just, <laughs> she doesn't do that. I was thinking, what happened? So I call her back, and she said, what happened? I said, what do you mean, what happened? What happened? And she said, there was nothing. The screen was blank. I said, no, I, I could see everything that was happening. I thought you were helping someone. She said, no, it just, the screen just went blank. And I thought, I could see her and the surroundings, but she couldn't see anything. And do you know that even with technology, even when we get disconnected, sometimes it's only on one side. And if that can happen with technology, how much more does it happen with us and God that sometimes a disconnect, isn't God disconnecting from us? Sometimes we've just disconnected from Him. And it may not even be because of sin. It could just be because of choice. Or we feel guilty or shamed. Or we feel like, well, I haven't, I haven't been with God for a long time, so I don't know if I can connect back with Him. God is always willing and available. That's what Jesus is all about. That's why He sent Jesus to connect with us because one person matters. You matter to God. And if, if it is us disconnected from God, here's the good news. 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5 tells us, for there is only one God and one mediator who can reconcile God and humanity, the man Christ Jesus. That's the greatest news. So we, we, don't, we, we can come up with all of the reasons and even the, the facts of this is why I'm distant from God or I don't connect with God. We can have all those reasons, but then Jesus gives us the one reason why we can connect with God. He says, that's why I'm the mediator. I, I'm the one that's going to connect you with God. You feel shamed? I took the shame for you on the cross. You feel guilty? I took upon all the guilt. You have sin? I took on all of that. So you have no reason not to come to God. Come on, I'll come with you. I'm your mediator. So when Jesus stands before God with you and me, God sees his perfect son. That's how we can connect with God. That's why we have Jesus as our, our bridge back to God. That's why we have various ways to help us connect with God and build our relationship, not just with him, but with other people, whether it's in this setting or, or small groups. And we always say it like this here, that because I've heard some people say, you know, it's too big, the church. It's too big. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go to a church that's too big. And we always say this, that church is never too big when you're a part of a small group. It, it changes everything. It's just different when you're a part of a smaller group of people. That's why next week we have what we're calling our Joyful Christmas Ohana Night. And as we're planning it and as we're testing things and thinking through it, it's going to be an unbelievable night. Uh, I look at it this way that some of us have been to Disneyland. We've been to theme parks. We've been to like the county fair and, and various things. And then we go there all happy and come back broke because it's expensive to do these things. But what we're trying to do is, is create an environment for families at least one night out of this busy season, whereas families, we don't have to worry about going from place to place that we can come here 
and be with our families. And it's going to start at 3 o'clock. And we're going to have a, a craft fair out in our courtyard. We're going to have a, a portrait center that you can take a digital uh, picture. You can either use your phone or we can take the picture for you and email it to you. And then you can do whatever you want with it. And it's free. If you want one printed out there, you, there's a cost because of the, the printing. But we're trying to create an environment so that you and your family can come together and possibly have a tangible picture this Christmas season. We take millions of pictures, but we don't even see one of them. And then our phone breaks, and then we have to get another phone, and there goes all of our pictures. If you want to print a picture, you can do that. We also have what we're calling a Marvel Academy, where all of our Marvel characters, you know, the different uh, characters that we have for our, our children, we're going to be learning how to draw two of them, uh, Mana and Jubilee, and it's going to be from different times. And it's going to be a fun time for families can do it, children can do it, even adults can do it. Uh, and it's going to be in our fellowship hall, and they can follow along. And it's, it's, it's going to be a great environment in there. We have a, a, a cocoa station, and, uh, and I, I believe our well is going to be open. And then we're going to open here, in here at 6.30, and then the, the night starts at about 6.45, 7 o'clock, because we're going to do something fun at about 6.45. And then the, the program part of it is going to start at that time. And we'll probably end close to 8 o'clock, uh, no later. I don't think it's going to go past 8 o'clock. So from 3 o'clock to uh, 6 30, 6.45 is going to be the, the craft fair part and everything else. And then we're going to begin in here. But I think it's going to be a wonderful time for us, even for our families, to connect with one another. Uh, so it's a free event. You can invite people. Now, we'll have other things, but we, we just want to kind of keep some things under wraps as we plan it. Uh, but we want to do that because we want to help people connect with God and connect with one another. And, and if we can do that for our community and do that for our family members and invite them, then I think it's going to be a good thing for everybody. And again, one, one place for everyone to join together because God has given us that responsibility. You know, when uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, some of us heard this scripture before, it says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ Jesus has become a new person, that the old life is gone, a new life has begun. And the Bible says that, what it's saying is, the old things we used to do that were far from God, when we're disconnected from Him, you don't need to do that anymore. Why? Because you're a new creation. So you get, you get to do new things. And then it says this, and all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to Himself through Christ, and God has given us the task of reconciling people to Him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. That part I like. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So not only the task of reconciliation, he, he also gave us the, the, the message of reconciliation. That people need to understand that all of the sins that we have ever done, God no longer counts it against us because of what Jesus has done. And he gave us that message to give out. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. That's how we can connect with God. It is always through Christ. He is our mediator. But not only connecting with God, he says, I want you to also connect with one another, which is the second thing you can write in if you're, if you're taking some notes, to connect with people. Connect with people. And I know we do that. We'll connect with people. We have ways of connecting with people. 
We have, we have social media to connect with people. We text people. We call people. We meet with people. We have lunch with people, dinner with people. We meet as family. We get together. So I know we know how to meet with people and connect with people. But to connect with people with the intention of drawing them close to God, that's a different assignment. And some take longer than others. You know, our core value number two here at our church is that God values all people, therefore we value all people. So that's why we do what we do. That's why we have what we have. That's why we have our Hula sisters and Bert singing tonight. It's, it's for us to kind of settle in. Nothing settles us in and calms us more than Hula. It just, it once again brings back not just culture, but a way for our Hula sisters and Bert to use their gifts and talents to worship God in this season. To pause for a moment and, and thank our God it's intentional. The reason why we do what we do is so that we can connect with one another, connect people to God and bring value to people. That's what the Ohana night is for next week is to bring value to people, to let our community know that we want to do this for you so that when you sit, when you're walking around and you see people loving on you, that you know you're valuable to God, that God doesn't lose you in the busyness of Christmas, that Christmas was for you, for people. Because God values all people. Here's what is interesting in the book of Acts, chapter 17, verses 26 and 27. It says, From one man he made all the nations, speaking of Jesus, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their lands. God did this so that they would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from any one of us. It's interesting that the Bible says that he marked out their appointed times in history, that they should inhabit the whole earth, every nation, and the boundaries of their lands. In other words, I look at it this way. Let's just say here on the big island of Hawaii. Uh, it's something like that, okay? This is maybe in, you know, 1822. Volcano is still erupting, so I don't know. It's, it's different. It's something like that, okay? Let's not get critical. <laughs> Plus, you're you far away, so cannot see anyway. Okay, so let's just say this is the big island. See, Mauna Kea, Mauna Loa. And it's, you live, this is actually Hilo, and somewhere around here is Kona. And then I think this is Ka'u, uh, Kohala, Waimea, or this is, and somewhere around here is Waikoloa. So let's just say you have these different sections. In, in, on our island. Wherever you live, God designed you to live in that area. And then, even more, wherever you live, you have different streets and roads, and you have neighbors and workplaces that you are at, and when you go shopping. So wherever you go, the Bible is saying that God appointed you to be there, exactly there. Why? Because God is so strategic at using you as his ambassador uh, to reconcile people back to him. So you know your neighbor, the one give you a hard time? God put you there so that you can reconcile the hard-head person back to God. Yeah, but that person is a Christian. Then God put you both together next to each other so that you can both be reconciled back to God. God, is, God makes no mistakes in where he put us. God, God designed us and he strategically places us in different areas and set the boundaries and put us in this time of history. 
so that we can connect with him and connect with other people. God uses you and I exactly where he placed us, wherever we would go. You know, in Matthew chapter 18, verses 11 through 14, tells us that the Son of Man has come to save that which was lost. And then Jesus says, what do you think? If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, does he not leave the 99 and go to the mountains to seek the one that is straying? And if he should find it, assuredly I say to you, he rejoices more over that sheep than over the 99 that did not go astray. Even so, it is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. What Jesus was saying is, there are people that God is wanting to be a part of his family. They're lost without him, so we need to go and find them. He doesn't abandon the 99, nor do we. But what he's saying is, you're going to leave the 99. And that word leave is not like the word forsake. Two different meanings. The word leave actually come, almost come from the same word as, as, as to abandon or forsake. You know how in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, neither will I leave you nor forsake you. So kind of the same word, root word, but leave, when this word leave is used, it, it, it has a different prefix to it, kata. It's, the, it's a Greek word, kata. And what that means is a covering. Like when, when someone is anointed with oil over their head, it flows from the top down. So it means to go down from. So it means there's a covering. When you leave the 99, the kata, that part is like they're covered. They're okay. You're not abandoning them. You're leaving the 99, but you're not abandoning them. That same word is also used where, where the woman with the alabaster box of perfume anointed Jesus, and that perfume covered him. It's, it's kind of like that, a covering. It, it, it's also, it also means uh, to, to come down from or down upon. And it, it's, it's in the context of when the demoniac, uh, Jesus told all the demons to get out of that guy, and it went into the pigs, and the pigs went down from that steep hill and in, into the sea. It's going down from. So what, what Jesus is saying when he says to leave the 99, he's saying, these guys are covered. They're covered from the top down. They're covered. So let's go look for that one lost sheep. To abandon is completely different. So we don't abandon the 99. They're covered. They're okay. The shepherd leaves the 99, makes sure they're covered, and then goes looking for that one lost sheep. And when that lost sheep is found, everyone is rejoicing. Why? Because that sheep was lost. The 99 are okay. As believers, we're the 99. That's what we sang earlier, reckless love. He leaves the 99 to go looking for that one lost sheep. Why? Because we're already covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're covered. But there are many people who have yet to be covered by Christ. They're lost without him. And they may not even know they're lost. Many of us, I've, I've driven in the mainland. I didn't know I was lost. Heidi did. I didn't know. But, I, but that's because I, I just didn't know my way around. Some people just don't know that they're lost. And Jesus says, let's go get them. Let's go find those who are far from God. We're not going to leave them behind. We're not going to forsake them. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5 says, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, Never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. 
In another version, it says, never will I, I will not desert you. And to desert someone means to leave or not uphold or to let sink. In other words, they're not covered. They're just abandoned. And Jesus reminds us once again in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Our vision is simple. To reach people far from God, one relationship at a time. That's through you and I. That's what Jesus did. That's why we celebrate Christmas, because God saw that we were lost without him, gave us his son so that we could be reconciled with him, to connect back to him, but not just with him, but with one another, to connect with people. That God is going to use us to reach out to other people. I know we have invitations. I'm not sure if you guys were given invitations when you came in, but we have invitations at our uh, information center, and those invitations are a way for us to invite people. We have the digital copy on our, on our church app that you can copy. Thank you. So we, we have some. Uh, and if you have the church app, just copy that digital copy and send it to people. And just let them know, hey, I was thinking about you. We're going to have some things uh, up at New Hope. And it's not about the church. In fact, you know, next week, next week is not a church service. Next week is a way for us to connect with people in the hopes that they and their families would be in an environment where they can enjoy the time. And they'll be able to be with their families. And we're going to have a fun time, but also a time where they hear how much God loves them. But we get to do that. We get to connect with people. The other day we were, I'll, I'll close with this. We were uh, playing basketball at, at one of the gyms here. And we were all leaving. And my friend said, hey, did you see my son? And, and his name is Caden. I said, no, I, I, I thought he was sitting down over here. And, and he said, no, he's, he's not over there. I said, did you check outside? He said, no, I'm going to check outside. So we went into like lost kid mode. And so everyone just scrambled. There were other kids there, but they were safe with the, the parents. And so we ran outside looking for him, calling his name, Kaden. And at first you're thinking, okay, he has to be somewhere nearby. Kaden. And we're all over the place looking for him. And I'm thinking... He never strays far away. He always stays nearby. So we're looking all over the place for him. And it, not too much time went by, maybe five minutes or so. But that's a long time when you're looking for a lost child. And all these thoughts go through your head. And now you start to go into almost worry mode or panic mode. And so we, we're looking back in and I'm yelling his name. Kaden! And I come back into the gym. Kaden! I go where the bathrooms are. Kaden, where are you? Kaden, nothing. And I'm thinking, this, kind, this kid is not the practical joke kind of kid, like I'm going to hide. So I'm looking for him, and, and suddenly I look in the corner, and it's kind of dark, and there's a table, like a plastic table. He's under there on the phone with earphones on. <laughs> and I can see his face lit up. And I see my, Kaden, and he sees me, he goes, huh? I said, you were there all this time. And he goes, what? I was like, ha, oh, you're going to get licking. I mean, good we found you, but we're going to lick you after. And so I told his dad, and his dad was, of course, happy to see him. But I thought, man, when, when, when the child is lost, just think about it as a parent. When your child is lost, you make sure all your other kids are safe. You're not abandoning them. You're just saying you're safe. But here's the priority. I'm going to look for the lost one. The Koloya one. <laughs> I'm going to look for the rascal one. I'm going to find that one. And that's what God did with us. 
He looked for us. He called us by name. And some of us remember that day. It's called the day of salvation. When God called us, we remember that feeling, that hope, that, that once again, the future that God gave to us and opened up the possibilities of our life with Him and a better life. And because we have that relationship with Him, we have hope. And we still go through difficult seasons. Imagine the people who go through difficult seasons and have absolutely zero hope. They don't know where they can get joy. They don't know what forgiveness is between them and God. They don't know what it means to be set free from guilt and shame. They don't know what it means to have your burdens lifted. They don't know what it means to step out of darkness into light. They don't know what it means to have a future and a hope. And they definitely don't know what it means that God is infinitely more powerful than we could ever imagine, that he can give to us whatever, even greater things than whatever we could ask. They don't know that yet. But inside every single one of us as believers is the message of reconciliation. And God says, now you go take that message and you go connect with people because you might be the only bridge, the last bridge that connects them to God. We're going to pray for that tonight. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, our, our, our heart tonight is, is that every, every, every person matters. Every single person matters to you. One person matters. And as we connect with you and as we learn to connect with you in this season that we know of the Savior coming to us, you have also given us the ministry of reconciliation, the task of reconciling people back to you, the message of re reconciliation. So help us to connect with you, to connect with people, so that the end result would be that they would see your goodness and that there would be hope restored back into their hearts. I pray for all of us tonight, Lord, we might be far from you. We might be struggling with some things. We might be having a fantastic season. So wherever we are, Lord, we want to connect with you. We want to thank you for always, always running towards us, that all it is is our one step toward you, and we're in your presence. So I pray for all of us as believers that you would strengthen us, strengthen our marriages, our relationships, our families. We pray for our children, that they would see you as their God, that they would find their way. And as believers, Lord, strengthen us together as believers, that as we leave here tonight, you called us to be ambassadors for you. We wear the shepherd's cloak. And when we're in our community and in our families, you have given us that assignment of being shepherds to people to find the lost, those who are far from you. So thank you again for this season of reminding us that even one person matters. We pray this in your name, Lord. Thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said together, Amen. Can we just say thank you to our Savior for all that he does and who he is? You know, in this season, I want to encourage you to take some time and pause 
for moments that, you know, you may feel like life is too busy. But pause and, and take time to be with God, be with people. Um, you may have to do practical things, but do something that will help you to pause and to do that because God wants us not to just to be joyful, but to have that inner joy that comes from Him because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And it's, again, it's a, it's a kind of joy that the world may never understand. And as we conclude tonight, we're going to sing that because of just how good He is.